You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Mom Halo podcast. I'm your host, Alana Kafitz, and I'm super excited because I have a, a friend of mine. We're kind of Instagram friends, if you will, uh, but a friend nonetheless. I'd like to introduce you guys. If you're not already following her or know her, let's give a warm halo welcome to my friend, Katie, from the Influencer Count, Confidentially Katie. So thank you so much. Hi, Katie. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Welcome. Woo! Thank you um, for having me. I'm super excited to have you here. So um, for those of you who don't know, Kate, Katie is a mom of three. She's a uh, body confidence um, influencer. She does a lot of postpartum wellness. So Katie, just tell us a little bit more who you are, what you do, and where you're from. Please take it from here. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I've actually been trying to uh, work on introducing myself without sort of leading with my children, which I find is something that moms really frequently do. And it's the first thing I do in any podcast I've ever been on. So um, I'm not going to do that. I'm Katie. (laughs) Um, My day job is as a PR professional, which I've been doing for about 12 years now. I started my career out in the UK, spent six years there, which was amazing. Traveled a lot. So I'm a big lover of traveling as I think a lot of us are. Um, and it's been a long time since I've done it. Um, I now live in Kitchener-Waterloo. So I recently made the move back from Toronto. I grew up in KW and uh, thought I would never come back. But in this sort of season of, of my life, it's very important for me to have, um, you know, family around and sort of that that uh, that village that we all need. Um, I share my life on Instagram and TikTok to a certain degree um, that came out of a postpartum season for myself. So I do have three children. They're seven, five, and two. And when my middle child was born, I came on Instagram and started sort of sharing my experience. At the time, it was like a fitness account. Um sort of detailing my uh, return to fitness or actually actually it was really my first time there um, and it's grown into so much more I've very much moved away from the fitness world and then more into um, motherhood content and lifestyle but also talking about uh, body confidence and just generally um, you know your worth and trying to help moms as much as I can just through being vulnerable and being myself uh, recognize their own inherent worth beyond being a mom. I love it so much. It's so interesting you say that. I find that for me, I love following your content. I just think you're so sweet. Like you're just such a sweet person. And I loved meeting you recently, which was super fun and awesome. Um, and I'm finding this sort of like very interesting groove of almost like, you know, Instagram friends who are in the mommy ecosystem, content creators, and you're one of them. Tell us about your content. What inspires you right now, Katie? What are you excited about? Um, what inspires me right now? I think I'm, I mean, there's a reason I am starting myself to gravitate towards TikTok. And I think it's because, um, 
we're starting to see people, particularly moms, be a lot more authentic and real online. Uh, for many years, Instagram was a space that was highly curated and, frankly, I think fairly unhealthy, um, especially for the postpartum mom, sort of in the thick of it all, feeling not enough. Um, and so I get really motivated and excited about seeing moms just like sharing their true selves and trying to help each other and support each other. There's a lot of sort of that women supporting women vibe going on that actually feels real now, um, which is really nice to see. And we're tackling real issues, um, making change, I think. Um, so that excites me and I, and I like to be part of the conversation where I can. Um, so yeah. I love that so much. I, I completely agree with you. I've been, uh, you know, we talked a bunch of subject matter experts here and in, interesting people, and I do have a lot of influencers on our account, and that seems to be ringing true across the conversation around TikTok and Instagram and people feeling like it's a dawn of a new day. And I'll come to you and ask you this honestly: you did come to TikTok, I mean Instagram, through like a fitness lens, and then sort of really leaned into you, you know the motherhood lifestyle thing. Tell me about that. What was that like to go from like the fitness journey to the to the mommy blogger moment? Yeah, it was a huge journey. And I don't even, I wouldn't even identify myself now as like a mommy blogger because I'm not putting out content, um, you know, A, on a blog, but even that really is like the sort of digestible um, tips and tricks that you'll see a, a, a mummy blogger um, produce, which are so useful. They have their place there. Um, mine, I would say, is really just me sharing myself. And every once in a while, I, I feel really strongly about something. Actually, that's not every once in a while. That's that's frequently. Um, and, I, and I produce something of that, some sort of piece of the content with that. But my shift, um, it probably came from when I became pregnant with my third child. And I realized that I had been producing this content that was all fitness related and, and body related. And my messaging hasn't changed so, so much. At the core, I was always trying to encourage moms to carve out time for themselves and prioritize themselves, which is so hard to do in those early stages of, um, of raising children. But, um, but I, I was at the end of the day really focused on the physical whether or not I, I wanted to believe it or not at the time. And when I became pregnant with my third, I realized I had this like massive opportunity to find out if I, if I truly, you know, appreciated and respected my body um, when, when seeing it go through all the changes that I knew it would see. Um, and I documented it, my whole pregnancy and the struggles I had with weight gain and things like that and postpartum too. And I came out of it feeling like so, so grateful for everything my body had done. Um, and I've, it's now evolved to almost trying to reach a place of neutrality with my body where it's just not the most important thing. I try not to harp on too much about it on my pages because I want the conversation to shift. I just want to show up as I am um, and people can notice things or not but there doesn't need to be like this, this explanation all the time about why I'm showing up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's been the journey. I now see a lot of the harm that can be caused in fitness accounts because it is so tied to diet culture. I still feel strongly about fitness being like a major tool for me and a, a component of like self-care. Um, 
but that really depends on the individual and how they approach it and how they really feel about it. If they have, um, you know, if they're doing it out of a place of love or hate, um, and you can only really know that yourself. So I found that I needed to move out of that space. I didn't want to cause anyone any sort of insecurity or harm. So um, I've shifted a lot. And it's really just a reflection of my own mindset. It's not like a, a strategy so much as it is just my own growth. I love that. Can I ask a question? And I don't want to be leading or probing. Did you feel at the time to be the pressure to be skinny pregnant? Oh. Like fit pregnant? Oh, fit. So, hmm. I don't think so. I think I was really determined to, I think I was already, I was already in a good place mentally. Um, So maybe that's why I didn't feel that pressure. I knew that I tend to put on quite a bit of weight when I'm pregnant. I just do. I did for my last two. I knew I would for my third. Um, And I was almost like really determined to not make that be something I felt any shame around. So I would go to my OB and sometimes there would be comments like, Oh, you're kind of teetering on where you should be for your weight right now. And I would, you know, I would be angry and I would come online and talk about it because I didn't think it was appropriate. And I think that weight is, you know, sometimes just way too uh, focused on, um, from a medical sense when there's so much more to consider um you know I didn't look at the scale when they weighed me when I went in and things Mm. like that so they they liked to tell me the result anyway (laughs) um I did feel probably a pressure based on my account but also just it was a personal desire to stay fit through my pregnancy I had never I had never done that before and I knew that I had reached a certain level of fitness before going into my pregnancy that it was safe to maintain it Right. Um, And I have no regrets from that because it resulted in me having a really, really great postpartum experience, much, um, much improved to the first two. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do, I do now, you know, when I'm asked those types of questions from followers and things like that, I'm I'm very careful to make sure that they, they know that it's okay to take the full nine months to rest if that's what they want to do to take, take the pressure off, give yourself a ton of grace. Yeah. And you know, it's different if you're going into it at a certain level of fitness or if you're, or if you're not, but you feel like you need to step it up because you're putting on weight. That's, that's, that's not it. Right. Um, so yeah, no, it's an interesting question. I wouldn't say I felt the need to stay thin. Um, but I did want to stay fit. Right. And no, I ask it only because I'm somebody who I went to midwifery, so they never ask about weight. They never make you get weight. It's not, wasn't part of my experience. And I know you are such a huge proponent of, really showing your body and all the beautifulness that it, that it has gone through to create life and those sorts of things. And I just know so many people who came to Instagram on the backs of fitness influencing and stuff like that, like just felt so much pressure to be fit, fit pregnant, or like really that, like to, to be thin or be, or just to do make, they were trying to be inspirational, but I think it was actually very toxic. And I didn't see that from you, but I wasn't, a, I didn't know you really then. I know you now is like living your best life in that body that you that you have. Um, so that's, I was curious to ask you about that. Now tell us about, take us on the journey of how you came into Nix, into the Nix ecosystem. Oh, Nix. That's a, that's a, a love we share, isn't it? Um, okay. I found Nix uh, about a year into my Instagram journey and just thought they were a really cool local brand. Like I was downtown Toronto. So were they female owned, um, and like an amazing product. It was all about leak proof at the time. So I can't remember if they reached out to me or I reached out to them, but we quickly 
like it was, it was a no brainer that we were going to sort of work together in some capacity. They sent me some products. I got to know them. And then I started going to some of their local events and things like that and met, uh, met the CEO, um, and then became kind of like an ambassador for the brand from a really, from its really early stages of that ambassadorship program that they have, um, into what it is today, which is, which is quite different. Um, Nick's, you know, it was it, one thing was the product, um, which has evolved so much and is now something I literally I just live in. Um, so I can speak to it from a place of like truly being the biggest fan. But I align so much with the yeah. brand. Yeah. Just like every, everything they're doing, I'm so impressed all the time. I'm like, I'm proud to to talk about them and to be a part of it. Um yeah, they kind of they just continue to blow me away as well as as well as their customer base. So I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very much a fan, but also also like a a part of their team in a sense as an ambassador. So yeah, I love that so much. So tell mm-hmm. us about raising three kiddos. What is that like for you? I'm a mom with three kiddos, and you're like a little bit beyond me. So what's like your yeah. advice for those stories? Because I think it's a zoo. Like I live in a zoo, um, and I just. <laughs> Tell me through that because I feel like going from zero to, to one was the biggest shocker, but two to three was like, this is just chaos. And I, I never, when I had one kiddo, I used to look at mamas who had kiddos who were early, or older or different than me and their kiddos would be like running around at nine o'clock at night. I'd be like, how are you functioning with your, like, isn't parenthood like locked down for you because your kids are in bed at seven o'clock and that's what it is. And now I like have a completely different experience in my motherhood. Tell us about having three kiddos and that your family planning, if you don't mind. Now, a word from our mom, Halo, podcast sponsor. Who needs superheroes when we have moms? Kids and Company is Canada's leading provider of childcare with over 100 locations across the country and in the United States. They're celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. And with 20 years of experience in the childcare space, comes a ton of innovation in how they cater to their families. They have in-classroom webcams, an app that provides daily updates for parents, a from-scratch menu, and wonderful high-quality educators. These are just a few of the amazing things about Kids and Company. My daughter attends one of their centers and I can vouch for how incredible they are, far beyond others we've attended. They're offering families who register and start care by July 31st, 2022, a waived registration fee that applies to new registrations only. Call their team at one eight six six my kidco to register for this offer. You won't regret it. Still dealing with leaky diapers? It's time to try Rascal and Friends. Designed with you and your little one in mind, Rascal and Friends Premium Diapers ticks all the boxes. Affordable, safe on sensitive skin, deliciously soft and super absorbent. Plus, their unique design provides up to 12 hours of leak production to keep your baby comfy and dry day and night. Join the thousands of parents making the switch and say goodbye to leaks. Shop Rascal and Friends premium diapers, training pants, and sensitive wipes at Walmart today. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what, Alana? I remember the first time I met you. You might not remember this. Was that a Nick's event? It was the Life After Birth event. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember you saying to me, because I was very heavily pregnant with my third. I remember you saying to me, like, you know, why, why did you go for three? Cause like, <laughs> I think about having, I, I don't know if you were pregnant, but you were, you were about to be pregnant. I was about to be pregnant. Yeah. I became pregnant shortly after that. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of asked me like what motivated me mm-hmm. to make the jump to three. 
and I forget what I told you. I think I probably told you, and this is always true. I, I have five siblings and we, six of us were born within eight years and we're very, very close. Um, but my, my sisters are my best friends and I always knew I wanted to have a, a little brood. Um, so I could give them that same experience because it's been, it's been such a positive one for me. Um, that being said, we are stopping at three. Um, but three is, it's funny. So many people say it's kind of the worst number that you're supposed to have a fourth. And I yeah. just, I can't be convinced. I mean, I like, I have to tell you, if I hadn't had so much complexities medically with my youngest baby, I probably would have gone to four because it feels now like just add one more. Like what, you know, I feel like I need some feng shui here. And I say that on the podcast and my husband and I were joking because we just went to Bahamas and we had such a good time. We really needed like that refresh and our marriage and our life and everything. And we had so much, that's why I look like this. I am off vacation, but, um, he was, I called my mom and mom's like, how is it going? And my husband, he goes, he yells into the phone. We're working on number four. Don't worry about it. I was like, babe, like, first of all, that's not true. Second of all, ew, don't tell my mom. Third, like, LOL, like, I don't know. I've always, I've always like, I don't feel completely done because I've always wanted four kids. And I think like, I think I would crack like financially, emotionally. I don't know if I could actually do it, but, um, especially after having a kid who's complex, like, I just don't know if I can like a take a risk of having another kiddo that would throw me a loop or be like, if we, if my body literally could handle it, I just, I don't know completely honestly, like I would have one more. So, but you know, for sure you're done. <laughs> for sure yeah it's 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 98 um because I like you like honestly I love I can't say I love being pregnant it's not my favorite thing no, I, I, I love being pregnant I yeah, yeah I love um birth I think it's amazing I, would I, have, I also love birth yes yeah I love birth and I really feel like after my third pregnancy that I really enjoyed the postpartum experience because I had so much more like I felt so much more confident in it. It was a lot less scary. There was a lot less pain. It felt like a really like healing experience for me having my third. Um, so I feel like I could have another baby, but could I have another whole child? Yeah. Right. You really, you know, yeah. like you really need to, and it's so easy to go, Oh, what's another baby. I mean, that sounds awful, but it's more like, okay, well, we're actually talking about real humans that you have to bring through the world and, and pay for and, um, and like guide and take them all the way up to adulthood. It's actually, it's actually a lot more than just, (laughs) can I have another baby? And sometimes it feels like I could just have another baby, but it's a bigger discussion. It is a bigger discussion. And I have to say, like, I, I, I'm not sure you feel this sometimes, but just because I live and breathe like the mommy ecosystem, I sometimes have guilt around like how many kids I have, how easy it was for me to conceive. We've had, I've been pregnant five times, even though we've had three births and I haven't had like long standing like um, battles with any fertility issues or anything like that. I do think my son has a very, very rare genetic disorder. My baby that was born in 2020. Okay. And they do say there's like, it's a random, random disorder. However, of the 200 people in the world, meaning he's one in 38 million, it's, it's one of the more common things is like having older parents, right? Like the sperm and egg mm-hmm. are older. So I was like, what? I can't, I can't, I'm, I literally conceived him at 35. I'm like, how is that old? I don't even understand. Like, yeah. It's crazy what they consider a geriatric pregnancy. To right. Be. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I was talking to a girlfriend recently and you, you and I are just chatting now, but literally I was talking to a girlfriend recently and we were talking about how like, you know, 
this idea of death to us part, we're just talking about marriage, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you did death to us part because like life expectancy for adult males was 45, you know? They didn't expect this like, a hundred and four year old person, like living with the same person forever. So my girlfriend and I were joking, be like, can you imagine if we just like decided every 20 years, if you want to opt in for the next 20 years and both people need to opt in or you opt out. And that should just be like, instead of divorce, you're like, okay, I did the first 20 with you. Am I doing the next 20? Right. As opposed to being like, this is a life sentence of 60 years till death do us. <laughs> to take away all the shame out of divorce. If that was just like a thing you oh did. <laughs> What's your background that you have so many? Are you Irish? How many? Like, why do you have so many kids? My mom's Irish, but right. like a couple generations removed. They're Catholics. Right. It was lots of kiddos. What, what they were doing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. So when you're on Instagram right now and you're on TikTok and you're you're making creations and you are creating um, beautiful content, Katie. Honestly, you're just so cute and you're so funny. You're real, like, cutie, funny. Like, have you have any acting? Like, what's your, I know you do PR and you understand what looks and feels good, but like, you're so, you're so cute. Like, how do you do it? Like, are you, are you acting? Is it you? Like, how-, how many times have you called me cute in this conversation? This is so funny to me. <laughs> I, um, I just think, okay. like, you're, no, you're beautiful, but like, you're just cute to me. Like, I don't know. Like, if I were to typecast you in like a TV show, you'd be like, 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 like not like like a cutthroat ad executive. You'd be like, like the cute, nice, like I don't know, like peace loving, like you know, Cinderella type. That's what I. That's what I see. <laughs> yeah, no, that's funny, and thank you. I I, I am taking this as a compliment. That's that's sweet. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I think it really depends. You talk to my life as to whether or not they would agree that that is that is me. Um, but I um. Am I an actor? No, but do you know I always wanted to be one as a kid, like desperately. I just never took any steps towards being one (laughs) besides sort of the school plays and things like that. But I do think that's part of the appeal to me of, um, of being online. I, I, especially with TikTok and reels and things like that. Like I really, it's a, it's a big creative outlet for me. I really enjoy like coming up with concept and playing it out and trying different personalities on and, all and like in my PR background allows me to like turn all that into like a message that kind of aligns with what I want to talk about regularly. So it's just, it's, it's, it's an outlet for me, but it's also a passion. Like I I feel really strongly about it and I've, I've been doing it for five years and I see impact that it has on people, especially when I'm talking about some of the, the, you know, bigger topics that are a huge deal to a lot of women out there mm-hmm. and being vulnerable about them. A lot of people aren't comfortable talking about these, these, these topics or these, um, the feelings that they have or experiences that they've had. But for some reason, I've always been kind of an open book. Um, I think more so online than in person. It's kind of a weird dynamic how that, that, that can happen. Yeah. I hear that. I, and I, I, you know, I just, I interviewed Libby today from, um, Libby. Honest Mom. Yeah. And we had a long conversation about how she's just leaned so hard into like, I'm just going to say everything my brain is thinking like without filter. And she's like, you know, you might turn somebody off, but that's not your people. Like you're there for the people that are turned on by your content. What do you feel about that? Yeah, I think, okay, Libby and I know each other in real life and, um, I love her. And I think, for a lot of us, and I don't want to speak for her because it's the same for me. I think it's therapeutic to be able to just speak what you're, what's really in there, things you might not 
tackle with friends because it feels like you can't for some reason, but you can do it to a camera and then put it out there for millions of people to see somehow. Um, a lot of my content, you know, people are often like, how, how do you get so confident? And I'm like, in the nicest way possible, I say to them, you realize that most of what I'm talking about online are things that I, I need to remind myself of, right? Uh, these are like lessons I've learned or things I'm going through myself that I'm just, I'm sharing with other people. So it's not that I'm super confident. It's just that I'm being vulnerable about like the growth. Um, and that maybe I can speak confidently to it, but um, we all have our own struggles. And I think anyone who, any sort of like influencer who shows up online, the reason they have influence is because someone is relating to them in an, in an authentic way. Um, and most of the time, a lot of the time that the influencer is actually getting more from that transaction than they're, than they're even giving um, because they learn a lot about themselves and they have a lot of like really wonderful conversations with their community and realize the impact that they're making. And at least that's been the case for me. I love that. I think, I think I am seeing like a dawn of a new day with sort of this new army of mom influencers or content creators who are they're doing it, man. We're, I think we're changing the course a bit. I think the ship has sort of gone a certain way and there's, you know, the people who did it before us did a fabulous job. And I think about Erica Elm and, you know, OGs like Cat and Nat or, you know, Birds, uh, Nicole, Nicole Sarah, who's like just sort of, you know, mammoth in, in the ecosystem and set the course for so many of us, um, you know, and, and brands like Joanna Griffin has, has created that allow, us to feel so different about how we exist on this planet. And I think allow us to come to fruition in such a different way. So, um, yeah. And to be able to, you know, to be honest about, you know, the challenges that we face and to, to say no to things that we haven't said no to before, because we all just thought that, you know, it was just us and it's not. And that's what you realize when you start being honest online, that, uh, a lot of people are going through the same thing as you and, Maybe it's not okay. You know, I had a really interesting um, video go viral the other day that on TikTok. I, I well, I shared one about my daughter transitioning into daycare, um, and there were some comments on that. There was a comment on that that I responded to in another video, um, saying, you know, if you're financially able, you should stay home with your children, and that it really triggered me, and I had a feeling it would trigger a lot of moms, uh, working moms, um, who don't agree with that. So, you know, we had, I had, was able to have a really great conversation with a lot of people about, you know, whether or not it's a choice and it's, it's not something that we should be judging, um, that we can choose to send our children to get daycare, even if we are financially able, because there's a lot of reasons moms make that decision. Um, and it, you know, it went back to me about women, women having a, a life and a purpose outside of motherhood and that being okay, that motherhood doesn't define us and that we were whole people before we were moms too. Um, yeah, so, so yeah. I'm going to pause you because I'm actually wanted to read this post that you posted. Um, it's you, it's, it's posted something, I guess you reposted. Um, but it's you and it's a very, like, um, I think, um, you're, I think you're, you're reading, you're actually saying the words that you wrote of your, um, uh, my love story. Um, um, did you write this or did Bird's Papaya write this? 
I'm not sure which one you're looking at. Okay, so here's the original caption in full unpopular opinion. You're allowed to miss the life you led before children. You're allowed to miss the body you had before them too. But here's the Mm -hmm. thing. When we have babies, everything about us changes. Uh, Yeah. You read this, right? Yeah, I did. That's an older post. Yeah, I love uh, it though. I love it. Our routines are changed. Our relationships are changed. Our homes are changed. Our outlooks are Our entire life are changed. And yet our bodies are expected not to. I love that. Like, come on, Katie, this is beautiful stuff. I mean, you're obviously super profound, like it's, it's profound. Right. Um, and it's so yeah. great. Like th- this, this is the modern day. This is the modern day context is we're using 2000 characters in those posts to, 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 to pour our, our hearts out and to have this like not verbal diary, but like really say stuff. Right. And, and you're doing that. So God bless you for that. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, thank you. I remember that post. That was I wrote that. Daphne was really young. I was in. Uh, I was on my maternity leave, and I was just, yeah, grappling with some of those those feelings of, you know, that one was more definitely focused on the body and how we're expected to bounce back, right? And the idea that, you know, we're not we're almost supposed to not appear as though we've had children, despite the fact that. Of course we, of course we will um, look like we've had children when we have, and why wouldn't we? Like everything else in our lives has changed, but um, yeah, it, it is. It's a really great space for me to be able to. That's that's also what I mean by a creative outlet, like where I can kind of get a little poetic and things like that. Um, it's almost like a diary entry for me. I always sort of looked at my Instagram initially as like a yes. an online journal that I shared with other people. So. I love that. I, I think it's super. Super relevant and timely too. Um, okay, so let's 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 talk a bit. What what's coming up for you? What's next for you? What are you excited about? Hmm. Okay. Um, so I am launching a business with my sister that I am so excited about, yeah. and I can't get too into because I don't know when we'll have it all ready. But we are working our butts off, and it's so new to both of us. We've never, I, I mean, I've said this online, it's an apparel company, but with a very, a very special twist. And okay. it's entirely, yeah, entirely inspired by my community um, and everything I've learned in these uh, in these conversations with moms and women in general. Um, this goes beyond, beyond motherhood for sure. But uh, her and I, my sister and I are like learning everything as we go. Uh, And it's just such an amazing learning opportunity. And I feel so passionate about it. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur to a certain extent, but never knew what to sell. I feel like often it goes the other way. You think of a product and you, and then you, you know, you want to sell it. Whereas I've been looking for something to do, but didn't know what it could be. Um, that someone else hadn't already done. And I know that's not a reason not to do it because someone's always done everything, but I really wanted something unique. So uh, when we came up with this, I was, I was so excited and it's been about, it's been about a year, but with a lot of dips of us sort of not putting enough time into it. And now, now we're going uh, full steam ahead, hopefully having something for mother's day. Um, But it's, it's really exciting and I'll definitely, what I've been doing, which I think is really fun is trying to involve my community as much as possible online. So I'm, I'm constantly posting these polls, getting their opinions, getting feedback because I want people to love it. And it's very much entirely targeted to my, community um I made it for them and I hope that they love it and I want them to be like invested and involved in it um even from like I'm going to be calling on people to to model um I'm working with like local photographers and things like that too so uh it's exciting 
Katie, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. If you can, if you can just share with me in and um, our followers, if people want to find you, if you can share your coordinates, I'd be grateful. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm confidentially Katie on both Instagram and TikTok. Um, I also have a website, a little out of date, but those are the the two places you'll find me most. I love it. Thank you, Katie, so much for joining me today. Thank you to our fans and followers. Bye, everybody. Mwah, 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 mwah. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Sick Kids is helping redefine what's possible in pediatrics. Also, children can lead healthier, happier lives. In 2021, Project Halo raised over $150,000 to help build a new Sick Kids, designed to better serve patients and families. This will include spaces devoted to parents and caregivers, spaces to feel calm, relief, and rest. We are calling on our community again this year to join us in helping build a state-of-the-art hospital. Together, there are no limits to what we can achieve. To learn more and to donate, go to fundraise.sickkidsfoundation.com backslash Project Mom Halo. Thank you for your generosity and support.